Around Comics, Episode 40. Wizard World Chicago, this is Around Comics, a weekly roundtable discussing topics in and around the world of comics. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime and the producer of the show, Mr. Brian Salazar. Hello, hello. And we have our Around Comics regular, Mr. Tom Caters. Everybody's nice, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, through a little bit of editing magic, we're actually recording this from Dark Tower. This is... Yeah, another one of our Wizard World Chicago wrap-ups. Part this, three. Yes, th- this is the last one. We we promise, honest to God, this is a... Uh, oh, no, uh, I have Easter eggs, though. <laughs> I have hours of Easter <laughs> eggs that I'm going to release. Magic. Uh, today we're going to be playing some interviews for uh, for everyone, some, uh, some fun stuff that we had. We didn't get as many interviews as we... Probably could have, but we, we had a good time getting getting some really good ones. Sure, can we sure. get um? Can we aim for next time to actually have a specific podcast filled with of po- uh, interviews of people we thought were assholes? Um, it would be a short show. We could try. We could try. We give it a, a shot. Yeah. You know, I think it would. I think it would sort of. Change up the was anybody away. really an asshole though? I mean, was there any really? There any? Like, I can think of one, but I'm not going to say his name. We were that? talking about him today on the on the way in. But <laughs> really, you thought he was an asshole? No, he wasn't an asshole. He's just kind of impersonal. He was cold. He was a little yeah. cold. cold. Yeah. Robotic. Yeah. Machine-like. Yeah. You, thought, yeah. you would have thought he would have it been a little nicer, but but that's okay. <laughs> for um, more info. You know, uh, <laughs> although I kind of think Joe Casada is a bit of an asshole for blowing us off twice. No, no he was I, a very, he was probably the busiest guy at that yeah, show. Yeah, totally yeah. understand. Um, no, seriously. Uh, a, a, plug, a plug for a plug for one of our uh, buddies, another podcast. Uh, John Centrus had a ton, ton of, and interviews. he's so much better at it than we are anyway. So John is professional all the way. So uh, check out uh, Word Balloons Wizard World Chicago wrap up. Yeah, I think he well, had we, two parts, uh, two 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 one hour. Well, yeah. we awkwardly fumble with our interviews. He's like a smooth casting. Yeah, he's good, man. Yes. John is. He knows exactly how to do it. Yes. Talks about people, you know, the comics they were drawn in kindergarten that he had researched. He's he's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fuck you, John. <laughs> <laughs> I I, uh, I do want to remind everyone that this episode of Around Comics is brought to you by YouBuyNow.com. Tom, can you tell the fine folks about You By Now? I would love to. This episode is sponsored by YouBuyNow.com, your spot on the web for toys, action figures, collectibles, and prop replicas. Check out their excellent selection of DC Direct, Marvel Legends, Master Replicas, Star Wars figures, and more. That's YOUBuyNow.com. And now, the good folks at YouBuyNow.com are... I was doing so well. Are offering a 10% discount to all around comics listeners. How do they get that 10% discount? What you do is you use a coupon code, which I guess is some sort of something you type or enter into a field somewhere, and it's around (laughs) comics, all one word. And you do that when you place the order, and you will receive. Magically. Yeah, through magic wizardry, 10% off. Youbynow.com. Check them out today. You today. know, I, I think you know. I've been running around all over Chicago looking for these uh, Marvel icons 
figure oh, the, the 12 inch nerd. The 12, yeah <laughs> so and i can't find them in chicago and jesus guys yeah i know they're like you tried to get me to go at lunch today oh, let's go to target <laughs> let's go to target and look for an unmasked yeah, I'm like, Cap- Dude, I'm, captain america uh, <laughs> actually I'm, I'm i'm looking for the for the masked one but uh they they are available at youbynow.com, uh, so you can check them out. There yeah, you I go. Do that. I'm not going to lie. I almost bought an action figure from them. They have a lot of great stuff. Geek. Nerd. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to go home and have sex with my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Around Comics is recorded every Friday from 7 to 9 at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you are in the area, please drop by. We would love That's to meet you. Uh, if you do come by during a show recording, mention the show, and uh, you get 20% off. And no coupon code. And a firm handshake. It's a firm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> a, a hug. <laughs> A hug that's almost robotic. From <laughs> yeah, it won't be nice. Uh, July-August contest, Sal. July-August contest is right Tom's comic. For me. For Tom, specifically. Yeah. It is... We took a page out of a Green Lantern uh, comic book, an old Green Lantern with pie face and a monkey. <laughs> and and yeah, uh, we took all the, all the words out of the word balloons, and you have to fill them in. So you can go to our website, www.aroundcomics.com. Have we... Under the... What was that? Have we gotten a lot of entries? Oh, uh, we've, we get we've gotten a handful. We've gotten a handful of entries. Not not a ton. It's it not like the flood. thousand haikus no, they no, sent us. Like just that. write just write anything. I might reward. I might be confused when I look through them, and I might just pick <laughs> yours. I might look at yours and be that's the shortest. You win. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The criteria for winning is, is always up different. in the air. So anyway, the the contest. Uh, uh, go to our website. Yeah, go yeah. go enter under the show and contest, and you can download the. Uh, the file mm-hmm. there and then and you don't have to send it back um you know you don't have to open the file and, and type them into the actual you can just send us a script yeah just send us a script of, of what you would fill and the winner will will put up and uh, and you win a trade paperback 24.95 or less mm-hmm. and 10 hand selected uh, quarter books by tom caters himself which I, i've seen the selection and there's some good stuff in there it's magic it's, it, it's not john Gold. <laughs> Eternals number one is in there. Uh, nice. nice. Yep. Our, uh, that's cool. Um, yeah. Our I'm listener not... LCS challenge. Uh, there's a banner on the west side of the, the homepage, or actually yeah. any page. www.aroundcomics.com. Uh, click on that. There's a PDF, if you would be so kind as to print that out. Ask your local comic shop uh, owner or manager if they can display that in the shop. We would really appreciate it if they do so. Or just we'll, a random yeah. customer. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll mention you and the shop uh, on the show and provide a link to the shop. I believe that uh, Vince B, uh, his shop, and I'll get yeah, the information. Yeah, but he never told me who it was. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get that on the if next lo- show. If you love your shop, which I do, you should do it. Because it helps out. So, they're, they're, kind of, they're, they're kind of, you know, they have to put that stuff up in here because we were yeah, here. Yeah, uh, The hotline. Uh, 1-888-65-GCAST. Mm-hmm. voice mail. All of the information is there. Uh, please, top of the stacks, just messages, whatever. We love playing that stuff, so it's a great way to uh, phone in, and drop a us. message, and, yeah, talk to us. Sports. Uh, vote for us at Podcast Alley. Uh, or my favorite is leave us an iTunes music review. So go to the iTunes music store, look up around comics, and leave us review it's great it's a lot of fun thank you absolutely uh, uh guys i think it's uh time to move on to our interviews let's oh. do it yeah who's uh, first our uh, first up 
one of my favorite interviews from the, from the weekend uh, was with, uh, I think, one of the criminally underrated talents in comics today, and that is Mr. Paul Jenkins. Paul, Paul Pumlin Paul, Jenkins. Paul Jenkins, one of my favorite guys to talk Great to guy. at a con, and uh, he was kind enough to give us uh, a little bit of his time. So here is Paul Jenkins. Comics is on the floor at Wizard World Chicago. We have the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Paul Jenkins. Uh, Paul, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay, guys. A little tired, a little hungover. Yeah. Well, how's Chicago treating you so far? I'm a little tired, I'm a little hungover. <laughs> uh, you have a lot of projects, uh, a lot of irons in the fire right now. Uh, what are you most excited about working on right now? Uh, I don't think it would be fair to say that I'm not excited about anything that I work on. I love my job. I have a, an amazing job. I get to do fully painted issues of Mythos with Paolo Rivera, which I believe come out beautifully every time. I know that he's uh, done the Hulk. I've seen that. It's coming out in a couple of weeks' time, and it's beautiful. It's genius work. I mean, he's now currently working on Ghost Rider, which is amazing to see painted. Yeah? Um, Frontlines is sort of selling itself and doing really well. Pieces of the sales picking up. Um, if I had to pick one, my favorite book at the moment is Sidekick because I know the effect that it has on people. Um, it's, it's an image book, so it means that it's readership, the sales are smaller. But um, one thing I know is that anybody who finds it and reads it laughs out loud and then comes to find me at convention and say, hey, hey, I laughed out loud. And I keep thinking to myself, wait till you see issue four, you know, that kind of thing. Well, that's, that's a big difference between, say, Frontline and Sidekick, is that you know, Sidekick is a very personal work for you, and there's, there's a lot of fun stuff that, that you're putting in there, where Frontline is a very large-scope universe in, in encapsulating series. Um, what's the difference for you feeling in, in, in doing you know, a smaller work and a much larger work? Well, there's no difference, actually, and, and, and I would actually disagree with you about that because they're all personal works, you know. I, I, as a writer, I, I've always sort of defined a writer as someone that was really good at observing the things that they saw and then describing the things that they, they've observed, right? Um, so I do that with front lines as much as I do that with a book like Revelations I did with Dark Horse, which was about issues of faith and, and, and belief and spirituality, even though I'm not a Christian or, or, or anything particularly, but I just was very interested in the way that people feel about that, and I've got family members who are and all that kind of stuff. Um, Psychic is, is goofy, it's fun, it's hilarious, but it's still based on... On me, I mean, the, the, the two main characters, or, or the, the main character is this guy, Eddie, who's a superhero sidekick, and he, he makes this terrible decision, he's working for a moronic Superman, and he makes this awful decision to, to, to become a, a sidekick to four heroes at the same time. So we kind of describe it as Benny Hill with superheroes, and, um, but the relationship with him and his roommate whose name is Darren, and who looks exactly like my old roommate Darren, and basically acts exactly like him, and the stripper girlfriend, and all the other kind of characters in the book, these are the relationships that I had with people that I knew, and uh, and, and so, yeah, it's super funny, but it's based, it's, all of my work is based on the things that I see or understand. I don't write for myself, I think that's a really bad way to go. I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you should never write for an audience, and I think that is wrong. Of course you should write for an audience, but you should write about yourself. Write what you know. Yeah, write, yeah, write what you know. You know, I mean, I mean, write about the things that you understand, 
but of course position them so an audience can like them. If you if you decided that you were going to do a six issue series about wallpaper because that interested you, it wouldn't interest anybody else, and you would be screwed at the end of it. So. You know. Well, you mentioned uh, Revelations uh, for a moment, a fantastic series, by the way. Uh, Humberto Ramos doing other work at uh, at Marvel right now. Uh, how much would you like to do another series with him in the future? Uh, Humberto and I are actually working on another series right now. Uh, Can you tell us any more? Um, I will say that as, as my Marvel exclusive works this way. Marvel have been brilliant about as long as I do a certain amount of books per per year with them, they're quite happy for me to do some independent and creator-owned stuff. Um, so, you know, I maintain my Marvel work. I love doing it. It seems to be very successful right now. Everything's going great guns with Marvel. Um, but the, the book that I'm doing with Umberto um, is, is a really interesting book because there are two or three publishers that want to do it right now. So we haven't fit on a publisher. Um, but when we brought Revelations out, we would say to people, well, it's a murder mystery and it's set in the Vatican. And people would cross their eyes and go, well, how are you going to pull that off? The answer is exactly the way that we did it. And then people would say, wow, that's a work of genius. The next one that we want to do is a, um, is a fairy tale, a very interesting fairy tale that is, is very much a social commentary. And it's also a commentary on the nature of a friendship and also how a friendship can destroy or make a life or or, or, or a series of lives. Um, so it has that theme, but it's set in, in the world of fantasy. Um, now, some people go, oh, a fantasy story. And my answer is, well, you said, oh, a murder mystery in the Vatican the first time. You loved that. Wait and see this one. Going back to uh, Frontline, I was just wondering what, um, what was sort of the process of you planning that format as far as the two reporters that you know the different sides but then you've also thrown in now some you know prose some poetry that is you know with the illustrations behind them and I found it really interesting to have those sort of I don't want to say backup stories but those different elements of the book that you're you know you're putting into it to sort of give different perspectives to that whole storyline yeah um it's it's very difficult to talk about front lines and to bring, to encapsulate every single aspect of how that thing was created. Because it's 32 pages, it's no ads, it comes out every two weeks. It's a massive, massive amount of work. It's Are you okay? You look uh, a little tired. I'm tired and I'm hungover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no, I mean, I love it. It's brilliant, right? But the problem is, to try and describe how that project came about, it, first of all, it came out of Civil War. But it also came out of the reporter character that I created for uh, the Generation M, which was the House of M tie-in, um, which was quite a popular character. People liked her. They understood where she was coming from. She was very fractured. And so most of Generation M was about her and what was really going on. In some ways, uh, uh, Front Lines is becoming about her, about Ben Urich, and about the world as well. So it's kind of an interesting story, and the superheroes are a backdrop to this. Um, but I got a chance to, to do some stories that, that basically Marvel were not ever, they were never reluctant to do and they said, brilliant, we'd love you to do these stories. Uh, but doing such a thing like uh, using historical fiction, you know, d using moments in history and juxtaposing those against two superheroes in their underwear punching the crap out of each other is something that a lot of people would say, well, what are you doing that for? We're scared of that. Well, you know, we don't want that to even exist. I think that's a problem. I think you should just allow your, your storytelling to be told, you know, to be used in all kinds of different forums. So, to me, the idea... The one that really hit home was the first one about the uh, 
the Japanese internment camp because I did a ton of research and what I found was that while we all understand that the Japanese American internment in the Second World War is a terrible thing that happened to a lot of people, it there were other aspects to it. Some Japanese Americans were not taken there. Some Japanese Americans were allowed home immediately upon being cleared. Some Japanese Americans were, were um, quite happy to be there, not because they were happy to be there, because they saw it as their duty to the United States to just kind of lay low because they understood what the problem was. Other Japanese Americans were treated really badly. So there's a massive spectrum of, of people. And most of them, obviously, were in a difficult position. They felt bad. But because I did the research, and solely because I did the research, I picked out an aspect of it, which is a Japanese-American man taking his daughter into the camp and saying, it is our duty as an American to do this. There, juxtaposed against that, is Spider-Man wondering and looking at the Statue of Liberty as he swings around and wondering, hey, with great power comes great responsibility. Perhaps my responsibility to my country is to register. Right? So now this story completely makes sense in my opinion, and you would not believe the amount of flack I, I got for the story. I was going to ask you because I know that you had you had said before that you had gotten so much response to that story, and people, you know, sort of saying that how could you, you know, how could you possibly compare the two elements? Yeah. yeah. But I think if you read it, it, it makes complete sense. As you've just described it, no, I don't see pe how... Pe people came in with preconceived notions. It's one of the very few times that I've gone online or whatever and defended my work because what bugged me about people saying Jenkins should never have written, it was super heavy-handed. You know, he didn't understand the terrible atrocities that were committed against the, the Japanese-Americans in the Second World War. And my answer to that is absolutely, I understand. In fact, your argument is, has, you know, to the people, has no validity because you didn't do the research and try to see the big picture of it the way that I did. I actually did understand what was going on. We know that it was a terrible thing that happened to most people. We acknowledge it in the foreword before the story begins, but we take an aspect of it that is somewhat surprising. So to be told by people, I don't think Jenkins is handling this correctly because it was a terrible atrocity, is watching them run into a story with preconceived notions about what that story should, and in fact say, I don't like the fact that this story exists, and that bugs the hell out of me, because every story has a valid reason for existing. To stay on, on Frontline for just one moment, and then we'll, we'll have one more question. Um, do you feel that it is a good thing for you as a writer to challenge your readers to broaden their scope of what they think a comic book should be able to tell? Uh, yes, as long as I don't alienate them. And it brings me back to the whole idea of, of writing for your audience. You know, If I really wanted to educate my readers about the joys and complexities of wallpaper, because that was my personal hobby, I would simply be alienating my readers. But I do want to be able to present both sides. And it's so interesting to present the, the pro-registration side sometimes in the books and to see people who themselves are politically pro-registration, or so they assume, and, and are very upset because they don't feel I've been even-handed about it. And it's it, they don't want to see the fact that we're beginning to show the ideas behind the Registration Act and why they're good and valid ideas. It's very interesting for me. It does challenge the readers, I think. It challenges them to look at the side that is the polar opposite of your own political view and see if you can find anything valid in it. I know that we're doing it as writers. I don't believe the readers can see it yet, but they're, they're going to, you know. Um, well, I, I do, uh, you know, we weren't going to talk about Frontline all that much, but I did have one other question more about sort of Civil War and as, as a whole. Seeing as how, you know, we're sort of seeing some conventions in the Marvel Universe broken down. You have 
you know, real-world collateral damage. That's always been assumed, but it was never really, you know, looked at. You know, it happened, but no one ever paid attention to it, you know, and it didn't matter. And, and in Civil War, you know, that's what sets it off, is the real-world collateral damage, the people dying. Um, with, you know, Spider-Man unmasking and, and taking that next step in his responsibilities, um, with Cap, you know, standing up against uh, his, you know, his government for what he believes in, are we looking at sort of Civil War as marking a growing up period for the Marvel Universe, do you think? I mean, it, to me it just seems like we're seeing so much of a uh, maturing in those characters, and, and while they're still superheroes, the world that they're starting to live in now just seems so much more realistic and dealing with issues, and especially Frontline. Is, was that sort sort of the intent, or some of the intent with Civil War, do you think? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think you can look at the social relevance of Marvel Comics over the years and say they've always been socially relevant. You know, I truly believe that. I think that just because they seem unsophisticated to us now, because we've had a, a you know a more sophisticated palette for comics over the last 10 to 15, 20 years, um, since the mid 80s, even really, when when Alan Moore and some of the other guys were sort of coming over and doing these 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 stories, and Frank Miller was doing Batman and all this kind of stuff. Just because we understand storytelling better right now, that doesn't take away um, how amazing some of the original Marvel comics were, some of the early ones that Stan was doing. They had all kinds of things that were very, very relevant to the people of their time. We're simply going back to that formula a little bit better. As Joe Casada said today, um, the, and, and Tom, he and Tom Brevoort had worked it out, that the problem with the Marvel Universe recently was that it's getting just way too cozy. There's just too many people who knew each other's identities, and, and, and there needed to be some kind of fracturing of the Marvel Universe to get these people back against each other, keep them back an edge, because Marvel's always been that way. And the fact that it's cozy is one of the reasons why the, the, the sales have gone down. The fact that it's less cozy right now, you watch the sales, they're going right on. It's just Tension cool. creates drama, and drama creates interest, and that sells comic books. Well, you know, all stories are sex and violence, as they say, and, and the translation of that is all stories are passion and conflict. You have amazing passion, amazing conflict, and Civil War, of course, is set right there for you. All right, well, Paul, uh, thank you so much for, number one, coming to Chicago. You're a fixture here every year. We appreciate it. Thank you for taking time to talk with us. Have a great rest of your con, and we will see you again soon, hopefully. All right, you're welcome. Cheers. All right, there you go. Uh, Paul Jenkins, one of our, our favorite guys to run into at, uh, at the Chicago show. Uh, Literally running. I ran right into him, and he knocked me down. Yes. Called me a punk. English <laughs> <laughs> accent um, is terrible. His stuff uh, with sidekicks, uh, very, I know, Tom, that you really enjoyed the first issue of that. Yes, I did. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, working with uh, uh, Chris Moreno, who is uh, doing I'm gonna Silent Dragon versus... Dracula, that's his book. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, monkey, monkey on a big wheel, monkey in a wagon versus Lima on a big wheel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really fun. But Chris Moreno was a really. We were supposed uh, to get really Chris talking about sidekicks too, but we never ended up. Yeah, I just kind of you know yeah. bounce, bounced around. Um, our next interview up is with uh, Mr. Jeremy Hahn. Ah, uh, Jeremy, Jerry Mandering Hahn. <laughs> 
You're going to come up with nicknames, <laughs> nicknames for every one of these. Every one of them. Jeremy Hahn, for uh, people who aren't familiar with his work, uh, worked with uh, B. Clay Moore Battle on him. Battle Him, and is currently on Leading Man, Leading Man which um, was optioned for a movie. That and he believe. talks about it. Uh-huh. So uh, congratulations to uh, Clay Moore and Jeremy Hahn. So without further ado, uh, Jeremy Hahn. Go! Another table down Artist Alleyway. The talent here has been fantastic. So many of our favorite guys. And we're pleased to talk to the artist of one of my favorites, Battle Him, and now leading man. He is Jeremy Hahn. Jeremy, how you doing? Not too bad, how are you? All right. It's a stand, you know, awake, vibrant, not not running too hard at night, are we? No, it's uh, a little slow this morning. Yeah, but th- this is day three, so we'll, with some glassy eyes out there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going around. Um, big news for Leading Man, correct? Yeah, yeah. We are now optioned by Universal Pictures, and uh, hopefully that's going to, you know, do something. <laughs> checks. Big checks, hopefully. Oh, well, you know, checks. You know, the ability to uh, do more comics is the goal. So, now, these, these, these are both, uh, talking about Battle Hem and, and Leading Man, both projects that you work with uh, B. Clay Moore. What's it like working with, uh, with Clay? Horrible. Oh, Jesus. No, no. Clay's, Clay's great to work with. I mean, you know, you uh, you don't work with somebody more than once if, if there's not some sort of synergy, and uh, there definitely is when I work with Clay. It's, uh, it's a fun process. We work well together. I think that uh, he's he's really got something going. He's probably one of the uh, most underrated writers out there right now. I, I, I hear that he comes up with about 50 really good ideas a day. He, he definitely... Uh, he, I work at night about, you know, four in the morning, invariably I get a, I get an instant message, I got this idea, and then he's like, you want to read it, and then I read it, and then I, email, you know, email him back, I'm like, I want to do it, and he's like, you can't do 15 books that I'm pitching, so. Well, are you, are you working on anything else besides Leading Man at the, at the moment? Uh, yeah, I, I'm actually working on uh, two other things, uh, I think we're going to be announcing one of them soon through Oni, and, uh, I've got a few things in the in the works. All right, but of course you can't tell us well, about you it. You know, until until they are finalized, I don't want to say and then you know jinx myself. Absolutely. Uh, now, Weeding Man is issue two just came out. Correct. Came out Wednesday. Okay. Uh, you know, and I'm working on issue five right now. I just started it, and uh, so we're going to be on time. Now, so you guys got the option before issue two ever hit, so that had to be in, in, in the works. But how have uh, how is Weeding Man? Has, has the comic been received to this point? Um, as far as I know, uh, really well. I, I honestly try to stay off the message boards. I try to stay away from the news. Uh, for me, it's about the product and, and what I can do. Uh, I think I would probably freak out if I, I got too worried about things. Uh, the people that I've talked to have been really, really receptive. They've been more than kind, and the reviews that I have been linked to have all been you know, just, just splendid. So I can't ask for any well, it was one of our top of the stack selections uh, about a month back. Uh, Sal was a real big fan of it. That's just from the writing, but the art, you and Clay make a great team. So happy that uh, that things have uh, have really uh, happened for you on Leading Man, and looking forward to stuff in the future. Jeremy, thank you so much. Thank you. Keep reading. And 
there's Mr. Jeremy Hahn, a uh, wonderful young what a lad. Swell fella. He is, and, and it's just uh, uh, Mark, the manager here at uh, Dark Tower, got a Jeremy Hahn sketch. Mark does, uh, or asked for. Captain America. He's gay sketches. for Captain America. He is gay and for glue. Captain America. Captain America and glue. And uh, I think we actually have it posted on the forum. Jeremy Hahn did a yeah, really cool kick-ass yeah. Captain America. He got sketch. three good sketches. He got the Tony Moore, mm-hmm. and then he got the uh, Jeremy uh, Hahn, Jeremy Hahn, and, uh, and uh, the Ryan, Ryan Otley. Otley, which was really cool. The Ryan Otley was yeah, that was badass. they were all awesome. Yeah, they, uh, all very very different, uh, but uh, all very very neat mm-hmm. and. Uh, our next, uh, our next interview. There was a gentleman who uh, was commissioned by Wizard to. I think he's actually going around to a few conventions and doing these. He is uh, just this insane chalk artist. He does these uh, badass sidewalk and parking lot chalk drawings. His name is uh, Chris Maruschek. Uh Chris, afraid of the rain, Maruschek. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't think he was <laughs> afraid of the rain. I think what he was, anyone that was in Chicago that weekend, uh, Thursday was the preview night, and uh, it, would, it was like 100 degrees on Wednesday, and there was a huge storm that came through. But what he was afraid of, he was looking at the weather, and it was like baking the entire week, and he's like, I'm, I'm going to fry. And and then the weather just snapped and dropped about twenty degrees. It was beautiful. It, it was nice. So he was he was actually, working hard out there, man. He was out there. He just... finished at like eight o'clock Sunday night. Yeah, my goodness. So uh, I, I, we've got pictures once again at the forum. Uh, check it out around comics.com of uh, Chris's work, and I think uh, he even uh, sent us some pictures. Yeah, so, he did. Actually, mm-hmm. I got an email from him today. He uh, he sent me some links to some of his other work yeah. that he's, he's done. Oh, and uh, the finished one, which actually there's a picture. So Kristen yeah. Bell, yeah, Kristen Bell from uh, uh, Veronica Mars. Mars, checking it out. Yeah. So uh, let's take a listen to Chris Maruschek. Hello, we are actually not on the floor. We're out in the parking lot, and I'm with Eric Maruschek, who is doing an absolutely fantastic uh, chalk rendering on the parking lot out here. He's all roped off and working away. Uh, Eric, can you tell us a little bit about what you do and what you're doing at Wizard World? Well, I am a freelance artist and illustrator, and most of the work I actually do is like computer-based. I'm a graphic designer. I work in your typical Photoshop and illustration programs. I don't do a lot of fine art, but one of the few things I do is I've been going to street painting festivals for the past three and a half, four years now, and doing large chalk images on pavement, which is about as opposite as you can get from a computer and a drawing tablet. Well, I'm an art director by trade, so uh, this looks like a great uh, outlet for your other creative interests. Uh, do you stay totally comic book characters, or do you do all sorts of uh, uh, chalk drawings? When I first started doing chalk drawings, I was just kind of doing my own stuff, uh, fantasy images or just landscapes. And then I've always, I've loved comics since I was a kid, collected all through the 80s, have a collection of like 5,000 at home. And I was like, well, wait a minute, what if I do a large comic book character? And my fear was a bunch of adults would walk by and snicker and go, that's not art. And to my surprise, people would walk up and be like, that's awesome. And people knew the characters. People even began to recognize the artist's styles who I was reproducing. And I I realized that these illustrators are really well known by many people. So now I do uh, pretty much just uh, comic book art because I love to reproduce it and, and try and show that it's a real art form. 
Well, for the one that you're working on today, uh, first of all, uh, describe the scene. Who's the original art based on, and what's the final size of this monster going to be? Well, the final size is approximately about 11 and a half feet tall by about 16 feet wide, with a little extra for some elements that are kind of bursting out of the borders. Uh, the characters are Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman from a wizard cover. In fact, both pieces, it's a combination of the past two wizard covers. The one side is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, to be uh, fair to DC. The other side is the Marvel image of Spider-Man's mask being removed and held up by Peter Parker's hand. So they decided to take these last two cover images because it did such a good job at capturing very current looks of both major companies and put the two covers together into a larger mural with their uh, wizard bunny icon character in the middle and the Wizard World Chicago logo at the base. Uh, both pieces, as it turned out, are drawn by Mike Turner. He did the last two covers. So even though it wasn't my intention, this ends up being like a giant Mike Turner tribute piece. <laughs> are you going to grab Mike and bring him out here to show him? I, uh, I've had a bunch of people from the Wizard staff say Mike's excited. He wants to come down and see it. I guess at one point he wanted to know if it was being drawn in his hotel parking lot so he could see it from his bedroom window. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not going to purposely go up and say, hey, you've got to come down and see my piece. I, I hope he gets comes down. He, he's a busy man. You should. Go grab him. Get him. Hold him out here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, with some of the wizard staff said they might try and get him down, and one of them warned me, said, uh, be careful, he might come down with a big piece of red chalk and go, that's wrong, that's wrong. Uh, but no, I'm going to try and see if I can get him to come down later and take a look at it. It'd be great to get some photos of him with it. Now, did you approach Wizard for this, or if they know about you and say, hey, we want you to come out and do this drawing? Well, I'm uh, the age-old adage of bring your portfolios to the con, something good can happen. I've been coming to conventions for about two years, and at Wizard World Philly back in June, I was uh, at a booth and showing some of my stuff, and I had a couple of the giant chalk pieces in there just photographed, and that actually caught someone's eye as pure luck. One of the Wizard staffers was standing next to me. We exchanged business cards. He said, might be something really cool to do at our next convention. And for the past few months, I've been emailing back and forth, you know, wrangling the legality issues of what images could be used and rights. There was, I couldn't just show up with whatever I wanted to draw like I usually do at a festival. There was a lot more planning involved. And in the past uh, two and a half months, we put it together, and I came out uh, on Friday. I had a 12-hour drive from my hometown to get here. Or, sorry, Thursday. 12-hour drive to get here. Well, where are you from? I'm from Binghamton, New York. We're about an hour south of Syracuse. That is a long haul and a long way to come with a bunch of boxes of chalk and, and drawings. So thanks for uh, coming out. And uh, I want to say, uh, how long will it take to finish this? I'm figuring it's going to be about 30 hours total. I've got about 10 in yesterday. Um, I'm going to try and put in 10 to 12 today and then do the finishing up tomorrow. If the weather holds and there's no problems, hopefully by tomorrow between noon and 3, but it might take right to the end of the convention. And it has happened before that I haven't finished. It's kind of a work in progress. That's more the enjoyment than the finished piece. So even if we don't get to complete the finished piece, you'll see most of it done. It depends on how many people come up and shove a microphone in your face and keep you from working, right? Oh, yeah, that takes up a lot of my time. And when that happens, it just stops me completely, <laughs> blow, throws me off completely. Well, the last question. You put so much time in this. Does it hurt to walk away from it and know that it's going to be gone in a few days? The first one or two times, yes. Then I got used to it. Now I kind of enjoy the uh, end result. There was a piece I did last year, and about 15 minutes after I completed it, the rain came. Washed it away. I felt bad for some of the artists who didn't have their pieces done. I got my final photos, so I had what I needed. They'll probably take a hose to this Sunday night, and I kind of want to be here to get pictures of it when they do.
Well, it is fantastic work. We'll have uh, uh, in-progress photos on the thread on the forum, and I'll definitely make sure to come out tomorrow, get a final, and uh, we would love to hear from you in the future at different cons. Uh, make sure and send uh, photos of your work. It was great. Great to meet you, Eric. All right. Chalk on your hand there. All right. Bye-bye. And there's Chris. Uh, look for his work at any other conventions. I'm sure that uh, uh, on the forum, we'll, uh, he's got a website. Yes. I'm sure that we'll, yeah, we'll uh, link, link to. Right, so sure, sure. he'll uh, have updates on where he's going to be and previous work and all, all sorts of neat stuff. Uh, the next guy on the uh, on the slate here is the creator of Kabuki. He's worked in Daredevil. He's part of the old Caliber crew, and I think we talked. And, and an infamous. Rabble rouser when it comes to conventions. You can I used always to play find soccer and soccer, kick garbage. You know, I think he had like some sort of weird fight going on between girls at some point. <laughs> I don't Who know. Is it? Well, he's often referred to as the sexiest man in comics. Also, what's his name? His name is Mr. David Mack. Ah, David, the daddy goes after Mack. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you are a genius, my friend. Genius. So, uh, you know, our our standard uh, cut-and-paste comment, really nice guy, a lot of fun to talk to. So, uh, Not an asshole. Not no. An, uh, no. David Mack, not, not an, an asshole. asshole. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's have a listen to Mr. David Mack. War with David Mack. David, how you doing? I'm having a blast. Uh, you've become kind of a fixture at the Chicago show. It seems like this is one that you always seem to, to show up to. How do you like this convention? I love it. Uh, I do it every year. I started doing it in 93, and I've done it every year since. And uh, always Kabuki. It's always here. It's a, a really an amazing book because it's gone from so many different publishers, gone through so many different changes. It's uh, Tell us a little bit about Kabuki and the travel that you've had to go with this book. Uh, yeah, I started working on it in uh, January 93, and uh, I started publishing it in 94 from uh, Caliber Comics, who was the, uh, a smaller publisher to create her own books in the early 90s. And uh, with Brian and I, Brian Bendis and I started publishing our creator and stuff through Caliber. And eventually when we had to leave Caliber, we uh, started publishing at Image Comics in 97. Great too, and I uh, just sort of kept cultivating a, a readership over the years, putting our books out. And then in 2004, we formed a new imprint at Marvel Comics called Icon, where we now publish Powers and Kabuki through Marvel. And, and Criminal coming out, which we're very, very much looking forward to. Oh, good, good. Uh, we, we've uh, talked to Phil Hester and Michael Avenoming uh, on this a couple times, but we want to see a Caliber reunion anthology. You, you got to put this together. Uh, well, you know, the funny thing is, we used to joke like we were at Image, like Image is kind of like the new Caliber, because all the guys that uh, worked with us at Caliber then went to Image, and now you know half the guys we still end up working with at Marvel, like uh, Michael Gatos. Uh, was the artist on Alias, and I was doing the covers in Alias, and Brian was writing it. And there's several other old caliber guys that we knew from the day. That it, it, was, it was really this this amazing breeding ground for guys that have just you know blossomed into the industry and, and become you know some of the some of the best names. You guys, uh, that caliber. Uh, what was it about caliber that fostered that sort of creative environment? Well, it was a company that published. Uh, 
projects that were creator-owned. So it attracted sort of, I guess you'd say, auteur creators who, you know, wrote and drew their own stuff or uh, just had their own story to tell and just wanted to get their project out there. And it's nice to see that, you know, most of those guys I, I still see, you know, conventions and working in comics and other publishers today. Um, with most creators working off-site, you know, the bullpens have really gone away. Have conventions really turned into a way for you guys as friends and fellow creators, that's your chance to get to see everyone? Uh, yeah, for me. I don't know how it is for everyone else, but, um, yeah, you know, I spend all my time, like, at home, working in my home studio, so, uh, you know, when I, I do a lot of traveling, so it's nice to, like, you know, go see another city and hang out with my friends and stuff there. Well, David, thank you so much for uh, taking a couple minutes with us. Have a great rest of your con, and anyone out there, if you haven't read Kabuki, please go check it out. It is a fantastic piece of work. I agree. I highly recommend it. Right. And I was serious about that uh, Calvert Comics reunion anthology. That is a hot idea. Whoever puts that together. Hey, me, maybe. That's, no, and, I don't well, really have the power to do something like that. I'm talking out of my ass. But I tell you what, someone who does have the power to put amazing anthologies together, that's called a segue, baby, right nice. there. Yeah, who is, is it? Our, is our Nick. Mr. Ivan Brandon. Ah, uh, Ivan Terrible in the Sack Brandon. <laughs> oh, stop! Ivan the Terrible. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure he's a fine lover. <laughs> I'm making this up as we go along. Uh, so, really? Yeah. You didn't write this up before? I didn't write this up before. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Wait. Wait for it. Yeah. Sorry, Ivan. It was just a joke. Anyone uh, that listened Giving to lover. our episode what, a couple weeks ago, we had the uh, the pleasure to interview Ivan at length about his upcoming, actually already released, and uh, fantastic anthology, 24-7. Ivan is also the writer of NYC Mech, which has done... And uh, Cross Bronx that's and, coming out? Uh, I was, uh, Michael he was A. Von Oming? He was the person I was most upset that I missed out on meeting, actually. Well, you know, you probably didn't miss a whole lot. He was pretty tired. He hadn't been home since like July 18th or something, and and he was he was pretty burnt by yeah, that point. He was working so. on like almost a month of not yeah. being home, so he was I think very homesick for New York, uh, enjoying the cons, and but you could sick tell sick of fans. Yeah. And but he was probably sick know, of people saying stuff like I just said. Making probably, up nicknames. yeah. I, yeah. Probably getting nicknames. He would he would kick your ass I'd if he was standing here right now. Him. We'd fight, and then at the end of it, as he ha- would have me pinned to the ground, we would hug. Because <laughs> we'd understand each other a little bit more. Yeah, just understand each other a little bit more. But, you know. Onwards. I, Ivan, was, uh, <laughs> Ivan was great. Really enjoyed meeting him. Actually, Sal and I had a nice talk with him uh, what, Friday night and uh, about everything that happened out in yeah. San Diego and L.A. So it sounds like uh, 24-7 is going very well. If you haven't had a chance to pick it up, please do so. Grab it. Here's Ivan. down Artist Alley and found some other guys we've talked to, actually one guy, uh, Ivan Brandon, and he's here with Andy McDonald, uh, the creators of NYC Mag. Ivan, how you doing? I'm doing great. A little tired. Well, uh, you guys have not been home in like 
a year. Yeah, just about. Since the uh, last time I was in my bed was July 18th. Wow. Uh, you, of course, went out to San Diego at the big premiere for 24-7, the amazing anthology you put together. How's the uh, how's the response been so far? The response has been phenomenal. Ever since we, uh, well, we debuted at San Diego, we sold very, very well. Um, it was great, you know, great word about business of people buying the book and then sending sending their friends over to buy it. So yeah, we couldn't be couldn't be more happy with the response or with the quality of the book itself. And I heard you guys had a, a great release party in LA, correct? We a, yeah, we had a great release party. We have it. We're doing our uh, West Coast. We, we did our West Coast release party at uh, at Meltdown in LA, and then we're following it uh, next week in New York at Rocket Ship and doing a similar a similar thing for the New York folk. All right. So no release party in Chicago. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Yeah, we only had so much time to spend here, but, uh, but maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe on volume two. All right. Hey, oh, uh, volume two. There are uh, no promises yet, but there's this quite an intriguing list of people that have shown us interest so far. So it's uh, it's not unlikely that something might happen. Fantastic. Um, switching over to NYC Mech, how's everything going uh, in uh, in the New York robot world? Uh, everything's great. New, uh, NYC Mech, we just finished the, the Beta Love series. Um, I don't have a firm, firm date, but we just spoke with Image about putting out the, the trade for that, which we, we uh, it, it should be obvious that we we like to we like to space them as much as possible so that the people who who buy the issues. Um, can be, uh, you know, it, it don't feel like they've gotten chipped. They get, they get the rewards of following it in the serial as they were intended, and then the trade will come out at some, at some distance from it. Um, so that'll probably come out early next year. And then, uh, well, right now Andy and I are sort of knee deep in a lot of stuff that, that can't be spoken of. But, uh, but we, uh, when we go into to volume three, it, it may or may not be a, uh, considering a, a one-shot graphic novel, um, just to change up the format. We've, we've went uh, two very different directions for volume one and volume two and so we want to we want to go uh, equally different for volume three um, and so yeah so we're, we're definitely in the, in, in the planning stage and talking about what that'll be but uh, but we're you know it's it's definitely not uh, we're not working on it actively right now well real quick and then we'll, we'll, we'll switch the tables in a second tell us about your uh, your table mate here and the insanely talented Andy McDonald Andy McDonald what can be said about Andy McDonald he's handsome he's talented the gals dig him, and uh, he's, he's right now drawing a, a pretty phenomenal Colossus in a, in a book for a gentleman who, who likes Colossus. Um, he, uh, Andy's, Andy's in the middle of finishing uh, Red Warriors, for uh, also for Image, uh, with, with Jeff Amano. Um, it's a phenomenal book. Andy's first black and white work, which if, if, uh, if that does well, I'll, I'll, I'll be very happy for him, because that's something that, that, uh, something that we don't. We don't always discussed when, when doing all of his work, you know, everybody sees his originals and is always blown away by the quality of his black and white art, so to get him to uh, to finally have a book that's that's really just him, not that, I mean, we've had amazing colorists over him, but just to get him, that, uh, you know, just basically his own uh, his own power of storytelling and nothing else. So Andy McDonald unplugged. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. What I've seen has been gorgeous. Andy, how you doing today? Great, great. He is working away diligently. As a second to talk about your partner in uh, crime over here. Do I what? Is, talk about Ivan? No, is that it? Um, he's a great guy. He's a good father, a mentor, uh, a, a pillar of his community, uh, and an excellent writer and business partner. Um, and um, 
can't really put everything else into words, actually, that little children could hear. So, but no, he's a great guy. I, I love working with him. Awesome. Now, Andy is, is just a drawn fool over here, and the Colossus uh, sketch is awesome. So we're going to let him get back to that. Ivan, Andy, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Chris. All right, and there's uh, Ivan Brandon. We had uh, Andy McDonald uh, was in there also. Yeah, uh, yeah, Andy the artist. He was uh, kind of a shy. You were just fella. gonna call him Andy the artist McDonald. Andy, you? Andy the artist. Up, that's you were taking guy, over huh? Tom. Stick. Andy Old McDonald. Old McDonald. <laughs> Gold. Um, no, Andy. Andy is a really nice guy. And he's freaking good. Yeah, he I, is good. He was doing like sketches and signings, and I just kept stopping him every time I saw him. Talked to him a little bit, and he was really nice. And you know. Yeah, blah blah blah. They're all nice. Yeah, yeah. Blah, all those blah, blah. people. Are, Everyone's nice. Those damn comic unless creators. Those you, nice people. As, unless we tell you otherwise. <laughs> Andy McDonald, nice. not an asshole. Yeah, not, not an, an asshole. asshole. <laughs> uh, the next. How did the next guy get in? Here? I don't know. I, Who is he? Well, he's this guy. He draws this book called Scar Tissue. He did some stuff for Fiendish Fables, which yeah. we don't know if it's <laughs> going to be printed or not. Uh, actually, uh, uh, Dave was talking to us. It's it's. And I will say right mm-hmm. now, Dave Dave at Wizard World Chicago, for the money, the best sketches at the show. Dave Wachter is, is an, an asshole. asshole. Dave Wack, you mean Dave? Not only variant covers, but variant insides. Wachter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that Dave. Um, I actually, I can say now that uh, I slept in the same room with Dave. You slept three, with three, Dave Wachter? Yeah. Now at cons, I, I, can, I can look around. You know, look across the the room. And say, yeah, that guy over there, Dave Wachter. Yeah, so you guys him. both thought it was an hour later than it was. Yeah, they uh, they, <laughs> they they they, screw, they screwed up our alarm clock. I noticed that the... when I left, I I got up and I was like, oh, that clock's I don't wrong. Know, Dave... And I was like, does Dave and Chris know that? Because I said <laughs> goodbye to you, and I thought you'd. I was like, because I I was looking at my phone the whole time when I was leaving, and I got up and I'm like, that's weird. They're up really early because I got up pretty early to leave. And I was like, wow, what the. I mean, like, what nothing the fuck like nothing Dave like trying to get up. into the con at eight yeah. o'clock. We, you know, <laughs> like, it's really seven o'clock. Yeah, well, I, I got I, up. I'm like, why are they getting up at seven? I'm like, this is, I'm like, that's weird. Well, I know, like Saturday night, Dave was trying to set the alarm because he had to be up earlier than the rest of us because he had to work the floor. You know, the con. He had to work his table, and he, so he's sitting there trying to set the alarm, kind of in the dark, <laughs> at, at like three in the morning, and all of a sudden he goes on some weird <laughs> conversation with himself thing. about like. <laughs> Time balance continuity continuity errors and quasars Polish yeah, people yeah, peeing yeah, on his yeah, building. It was very strange. <laughs> but continuity errors in the weekend. So I, I I don't remember this conversation, but uh, whatever it was, I'm sure it was it's quite gold. engaging. <laughs> so. if, if it's Dave, it's good. Here we so, go. Dave Wachter. This is Chris. It's Wizard World Chicago, morning three. It's about 7.45 in the morning. We just got up, went down for some coffee, going to get ready for the con. Sitting here with Dave. Dave, how you doing? Fan-freaking-tastic. This is Dave Wachter, who is our good buddy and also the artist for Scar Tissue, as everybody knows. So, Dave, uh, how's the con going for you so far? Fan freaking tastic. That's <laughs> <laughs> going great. Very busy. We've been uh, selling books like mad, doing lots of sketches. It's 
been great so far. I mean, it's, we've been swamped, really. So, good stuff. Oh, there goes the van. Goodbye, van. Goodbye, van. So, sound better. Yeah, you're uh, splitting the table with Pat, right? Yes, Pat, uh, sexy Loika. Uh, path to Armageddon fame. Good guy. Pat actually said that you guys are doing, as of Friday, you'd already pretty much done San Diego numbers, which is, is great for you guys. So I think the size that Chicago, it's not as overwhelming as San Diego. The text's really been pretty good for you guys. Yeah, it has. I mean, uh, it doesn't have those crazy cramped uh, hallways and everything, and you can actually get around a little bit and have some time to talk to people without being pushed out by the next person who's trying to get in there. But, uh, yeah, gives you some time to talk with folks, and uh, it's good. Yeah. Well, for our highlight for the show so far, and it doesn't even have to be during hours of operation, that's... Uh, because anyone who comes to a, a con, uh, you should know that you know the show really doesn't stop whenever they sh- you know shut down the the con floor. Uh, highlight, I don't know, probably when I embarrassed myself in front of Paul Jenkins, uh, John Romita Jr., and Joe Casada. Uh, that that probably had to be the highlight. We we have pictures of Dave, Dave has a foot trick, so <laughs> you can you can go to the thread on the Not forum. Not a fetish, it's just a trick. <laughs> Well, it's been a fun con so far. Uh, what I'm going to do today is kind of walk everyone through the convention floor, and uh, and uh, hopefully it'll be a good companion for our, our photo thread, but just give you an idea of uh, Chicago's convention. And uh, right now I'm going to drink some coffee, try and wake up a little bit, and uh, go wake everybody else up in the hotel room. So, guys, I, I hope we entertain with our wrap-up here, and uh, we'll see you later. Fans back. Yeah, there's uh, there's Dave, who I'm sure once he uh, he calms down with his work schedule, we'll be able to to rope him back into sitting in on a panel. We miss Dave around these parts, so it was nice to see him over the weekend. Yes, it was. Uh, now another guy who is definitely not an asshole is uh, uh, I'm going to call him a friend of the program at this point. Friend he's, of the program. He's a friend he's of a the friend program. Friend of the program. Uh, this guy's been great about posting on our forum and being involved in the community and really just one of my favorite people to, to run into now, and that's uh, uh, the insane... And a chick magnet. A total chick man, magnet. Man, he had the babes at his table. Every time we walked by, babe. Unbelievable. Who is it? It's Scott Johnson. <gasps> Scott, you bought something that I draw at Walmart Johnson? <laughs> yes, that's Scott Johnson, the artist, the merchandise artist for Marvel. Artist. So yeah. Scott works uh, a couple weeks ago. If, uh, we had Scott on the program, and uh, Scott works for Marvel in their licensing division, yes. or you know, more, more or less. He, he does a lot of art that, that is used in packaging and promotion and Everything, anything. Fantastic. That, that, yeah, and he is just a just a. What, then he posts asshole. stuff, and now he comes and posts like stuff in progress on our forum, which, which is, is so cool. cool. Yeah. I mean, what what did, Nor- what did Norton either. call him? Uh, a badass. A badass with a Cintiq. Yeah. yeah. Scott Scott is a uh, really fantastic uh, digital colorist, artist, painter. Fabulous. Um, all over the place. So um, yeah, Scott uh, Scott was fun to talk with. So without further ado, Mr. Scott Johnson. Yeah, another, another.
another one of our Around Comics, the friends of the program, who came over to uh, talk to Scott Johnson. Scott, how you doing? Oh, uh, good. How are you? Um, I'm, I'm living. I'm surviving. I'm more well-rested today than yesterday. Uh, how's Con going for you so far? Con's going great. I'm having a lot of fun, talking to a lot of people, and, uh, you know, I'm not too tired yet, so I'm, I'm enjoying it. All right. And you're not sitting at home for hours and hours and hours working on the old Suntique. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, kind of nice to get out. Is uh, What do you like about the cons right now? You know what? I just really enjoy talking to people, and you know, you've got you've got like tens of thousands of people here, just like all converging because they have a common hobby, and it's just fun, you know, because I can't talk to my wife about this stuff, so <laughs> you know, it's nice to get out and talk to other geeks about you know uh, Superman and Batman and Spider-Man and all that kind of stuff. It's three days where you have people of, of really similar like interests, and unless you get into a Thor could kick Shazam's butt argument, things are usually pretty civil. Well, Thor can kick Shazam's butt, but. <laughs> We're going to have to edit that out. <laughs> hey, tell us about your uh, uh, your table mate here. Oh, sitting next to me is Chris Sotomayor, and uh, he's one of Marvel's most prolific colorists. Uh, he's worked on, uh, you know, just about everything that I can think of. You've been doing it for, what, about 10 years now? Uh, yeah, yeah, about 10 years now. 10 years for Marvel, uh, 15 total. It's, a, it's, it's kind of funny because Chris is, is so dedicated, and we'll have a picture of this on the, uh, the forum thread, but he's actually working as we speak. What, what do you, can you tell us what you're working on? I'm working on uh, Incredible Hulk 99. It's part of the Planet Hulk arc. Uh, it's, just it's just a couple issues before things uh, just get load up good. So, so you know what happens when Hulk comes back, and you won't tell me. I, I know exactly what happens that leads up to the Hulk coming back to Earth. I know exactly why he's so pissed off, and I'm not telling anyone anything. I'm going to have to buy you a lot of beers tonight, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to. <laughs> well, Chris, we love your work. Um, what else are you working on? Are you doing some stuff, Gary Frank, for uh, Supreme Power, correct? Yeah, I'm doing a Supreme Power. Well, Squadron Supreme now. Uh, Gary's leaving with issue eight. Well, issue, yeah, issue eight's his last issue. So that's my last issue, too. Um, from there, I'm going with him to his next project, which you can't really talk about either. Uh, but other than that, I'm working on I'm working on the Hulk, uh, finishing up Squadron Supreme. I'm working on Miss Marvel. I'll be doing a What If project. Uh, what If Avengers Disassembled something or other. I'm not sure what the exact title is yet. And then a couple other things here and there, some new Excalibur covers and stuff here and there. Now, you're, you're actually a new Yorker come to Chicago just for the just for the convention. Uh, how do you like Wizard World Chicago? I love Wizard World Chicago. This is the third year in a row that I've been here. Uh, last time I came before that was 93. Uh, but I've been coming for the last three years and I, I love Wizard World. I'd rather actually be here than San Diego. Fantastic. Well, Chris, we love your work. We've been hanging out here and there all weekend long. Looking forward to talking with you a little bit later, but I uh, wanted to make sure that we had a chance to talk with you. So, you have a great one. Thanks. Thanks a lot. All right, Scott, definitely a guy that uh, we're going to want to have back on the show any time that he can make the trek in. So it's uh, certainly it was great to hang out. Uh, he and uh, uh, Chris Sotomayor were uh, sharing, right, yeah, yep, sharing. sharing a booth. Chris, Chris does colors for like eleven Marvel books. Yeah, he's he was prolific. doing he was actually doing colors on on a Hulk book. And he told me some secrets, but I can't tell you about them. Sorry, mm -hmm. folks. The Hulk is I green. Know. What? He told you too. Yeah. 
Man. And Hulk is pissed. Hulk is smash. Hulk is smash, Hulk smash podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, so Scott, a lot of fun to talk with, a lot of fun to hang out with. Now, the next guy that we, uh, that we interviewed, I, I think one of the, uh, one of the up and coming talents in comics, uh, I, I believe the story that they told me was in San Diego. Mike Mignola actually referred to this guy as his favorite artist. Wow. That's, yeah, ah. yeah. I praise it very much so, and I think well deserved. He's uh, he is a unique style in comics today. Anyone who has read Grounded or Talent, uh, Grounded by Image, and, uh, I believe so, and yes. uh, Talent being uh, Boom. produced by Boom, Boom with an exclamation point. But just um, explode. What's the, his name? It, it's a name that I That's constantly a, mispronounced, and uh, uh, he said it's Spanish. But it's uh, Paul Azaceta. Ah, Paul, movie option Azaceta. Yes, congratulations to uh, uh It was a to struggle Paul. for me to come his, up with that one. His talent has been optioned uh, for a movie. I think we yeah. discussed that a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Very nice guy. I uh, had a w- lot of fun talking. A uh, tall man. He is, is he? A, he is a tall. He's rather tall. Yeah. yeah right. Tall drink like of water. Five. Maybe not that tall. Six four? Probably six, six three. three. He's like Extreme. not Norton in his stature. It's no, but he's tall, lanky. Uh-huh. Good profile. Yeah. Um, he's no sure. Chick magnet too. Chick magnet. Yeah. What is it with all these artists nowadays? You know, all these comic book artists. You, like, you know, models. You know, you got you know oh, at, at him and uh, McDonald and all these guys. You know, they come in. Scott golf. Johnson. Scott Johnson. That guy. I just hang out with him for the chicks. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> What is it all of a sudden these guys, you know, it's like, what happened to the, you know, nerdy comic book You know what? That Good for them. They're sitting yeah. in a comic shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I'll start with strength. Yeah, though. talent, looks. Go! <laughs> all right, Bastards. so uh, uh, Paul as a setup. Back in Artist Alley with Paul Azaceta. He is the artist uh, formerly of Grounded and currently on Talent. Paul, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Not bad. Uh, is Talent the, uh, that's the current project you're working on, correct? Uh, yeah, it's a four-issue arc, and I'm uh, finishing the last issue, or working on the last issue now. So, yeah, that's what I'm currently doing. And it's uh, coming out from Boom Studios, correct? Yes, it is, Boom Studios. And how's uh, how's been uh, working with Boom? It's uh, we They're one of our favorite publishers. They've uh, treated us great and have, have been fantastic about getting copies of books. I saw talent and fell in love with it right away. Oh, well, Boom Studios, I think is a, it's, it's a great company. I, I think the bunch of guys that are working are, are a really good group of guys that really want to do some good comics and everything. So it's really fun. And I guess the best part is they don't give you too much crap about you know missing deadlines. So it's a it's a good deal. You know, I I like it a lot. Give us a, a quick rundown on talent and maybe a little bit of how you would describe your art style. Uh, well, as for talent, uh, talent is basically about a man who survives a plane, it's like a sole survivor of a plane crash, and he inherits the talents of the passengers who died and has to complete kind of tasks that they weren't able to complete because they're died, they died now, and then that leads into a whole conspiracy that he gets involved with. It's just lots of fun from there. Illuminati type, uh, and it's varying age. Uh, how would you describe your artistic style? And then my, okay, my artistic style, I guess it's it's kind of more of a throwback to the old school. I would like to think at least, you know, 
know, like I'm more influenced by people like like Alex Soth and Frank Robbins and and, and uh, the older guys like that from that era and everything. And then then of course like Magic Kelly like coming up more contemporary. And then like and then people from from now would be like people like uh, um, Mike Mignola and then you know John Paul Leon and uh, Michael Lark and, and a lot of just just kind of you're going for a realism without doing something photorealistic. So if that's possible. It's very unique. You you open up a book that is Paul as a setup, you know it immediately. Uh, back on Grounded, can you tell us a little bit about what working on that project was and the response that you guys got to that book? Working on that project was great. It was actually the first book I was able to really do something I felt like was really my art and what I really wanted to do with my art. And it was it was it was lots of fun. I mean, working with Mark Sable, the the writer and everything. He's a really good guy, and that's that's actually his um, first published work or published comic work. So that was fun and uh, just fun. I don't know. And option. Isn't, isn't as big, but yeah. but it's good. Exactly. It's good. All right. Uh, well, Paul, thank you so much. Have a great rest of your con, and we'll catch up with you later. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, that was uh, Paul Azaceta, and definitely look uh, for his stuff in Talent, and uh, we'll try and keep you updated in the news what his upcoming projects are going to be. Now, uh, we just did like your standard radio thing where you know radio keep, you know tease and tease and make you hang on and hang right. on for it yeah we we kept the we kept the big one for the for the end of the show here and uh we've talked about it before so i'm not going to call it the ultimate geek out moment anymore who was that. it i've moved on um this uh this guy a legend he um i think vince b refers to him as a god um An eternal <laughs> Say the name so I can get the pun out there. <laughs> oh, uh, John Ramita Jr. Oh, John who shot Jr. Ramita Jr. <laughs> That's, a JRs. That's a lot of Jrs. A lot of Jrs. Jr. 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 Who shot Jr. Jr. We we've gushed on this guy more than enough. Oh, um, I think Chris did literally at <laughs> one point kind of gushed on him. <laughs> or gushed Love of the ab- circle jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've gushed about this guy. Uh, but more, he couldn't be a nicer fella. Yeah. Not an asshole. Definitely not, not, an not an asshole. Not an asshole. So, uh, you know. The antithesis of asshole, yeah. if there is. Is there an antithesis? Would that be like a belly button? Would that be like... John Romita, a belly button. John Romita, a kindly belly button. <laughs> With no fuzz. <laughs> All right, let's no stop mullet. teasing this and, uh, and let the fine people... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tom. <laughs> All right. Did you know that John Ramita spelled backward? No. <laughs> John. <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, Fifteen minutes of gold here, people. One of the true Wait giants of the industry, Mr. John Ramita Jr. Uh, well, uh, this is Sal, and I'm here with Vince, and we have a very special guest with us today. It's John Ramita Jr. John, thank you very much for being on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me. Well, we wanted to uh, talk with you a little bit about uh, your new book that you just came out with, uh, The Eternals, with Neil Gaiman, which we're all huge fans of, and, and we're just blown away by the artwork on it. Um, personally, I think it may be your best work I've ever seen you do, which is something saying a lot, because you know you have such a long 
history of gray work, but I was wondering, had you ever worked with Neil Gaiman before? No, but before I start, uh, my preface is by saying I, I think you have impeccable taste in artists. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I never worked with Neil before, and it was a, it was uh, thrown to me out of the uh, left field. Um, apparently, they, they were trying to uh, to dangle a carrot in front of me during a contract negotiation, and I said, you know, uh, g give me the you know your best writer and give me some plum assignment and I'll sign. And I didn't expect them to, to be serious, and they went out and found out that Neil Gaiman wanted to do something along the lines of the Eternals, and they thought that I was a good fit because I'm a Kirby-esque type of artist in their eyes, and that was it. They just said, by the way, Gaiman needs an artist, and he wants you. I don't know how true that is. You have to ask Neil. Well, next but time we see him, we'll pull you. Yeah, I want to um, probably say the, the politically correct thing and say, yeah, of course I wanted it with a guy. Well, talking about the, the Kirby influence, I mean, we... We were looking at it when it first came out, and, and I think we saw some preview pages of the, of the Celestials that you did, and, and it seemed to us there was obviously an influence there. I mean, how could there not be? Kirby touches everyone, but but something about those pages, there, there was just such a feeling of a mod, almost a, a modern look at Kirby's work in the Eternals. Was that something that was conscious, or was it more just something that came out in the work? I don't, I don't really have a conscious... Uh, um, attempt at drawing like anybody. I, I've, I've always said that I have a deadline style. Whatever comes out on time, I, I, if I concentrate to try and draw like somebody, it, it will right. be worse. Uh, so I, I just attempt to get things done on time, and whatever comes, it really is from inside of me. However, growing up in my father's, John Buscemi's, and Jack Kirby's era, their work is ingrained in my, you know, in my subconscious. I don't know if it's because that's the first stuff that really impression, it gave me the greatest impression. But Kirby's stuff and its size and scope and, and design uh, should have been in every guy's style that was my age. Mm -hmm. And uh, my father's artwork naturally is ingrained in me. And John Musem is grace. So the, those three guys, I don't know if it looks like any one of them or amalgam of the three of them, but Kirby's, especially when you do something cosmic, like the right. Eternals, Thor, or anything like that, the, Kirby's, uh, Kirby's design and, and, and way of doing the machinery and, and, uh, and the cosmic look is, is always in the back of your mind. can't help it. So since the Eternals were done by him back in the 70s, they sent me the reference, just like I did, they gave me the reference on the, the Thor stuff. So that I put it, you know, I photocopy it and put plaster my desk with it, so when I'm working on it, you get that, you get that vibe. Right. You know. Well, I was, I was saying something, it's, it's amazing that almost to a man or almost to an artist you still see when everyone is doing cosmic you know space those Kirby bubbles you know you still see Kirby it. crackle it's called yeah there you go interestingly enough uh, Joe Sinnott was the one who refined the Kirby crackle oh okay uh, Kirby I, I forgot what it looked like in the pencils but apparently according to the stories lore says that Joe, Joe Sinnott rounded up that Kirby crackle into what it is but it was a combination of the two of them and if you don't if you don't use it, then you're not really utilizing your special effects. Sure. And now, compu uh, computer, uh, computer separation, computer coloring, computer generated effects can dwarf that, mm -hmm. which is cool. I think, uh, you know, speaking of your father, obviously that's something. I know, Vince, you had a question that, that you wanted to ask. Uh, about. Your dad is one of the most talented and respected comic artists in the history of the medium. Did you find it difficult in the formative stages of your artistic career to get out from under that? Shadow, like it's like if Elvis had a son and wanted to go into rock and roll. Your dad's one of the best of the best. Thank you, man. <laughs> it was not. Uh, it was self-imposed. 
nobody, I mean, even the people that didn't like me because I was, they thought I, would get, I was getting in under my father's coattails, nobody expected me to be able to draw that well. And I was not that good I started. It was a self-imposed fear of competing with them. But I wasn't competing with them because that's ludicrous. So all I did was try to do my best. And I, like I said, I wasn't good enough an artist to mimic anybody. So whatever came out on time that paid the bills was, the, and I call it deadline style, and I'll repeat it. So it, it, it means I'm not consciously attempting. Now, it, there were moments when I looked like my, my father's stuff. There was an attempt at my father's style. Uh, because to me, Spider-Man by him was the only way of doing it. But getting out from underneath him or, or competing with him was never in my mind. Uh, I, I felt uncomfortable following Byrne. I felt uncomfortable following uh, Paul Smith on the X-Men, following Frank Miller, following Jim Lee. That's discomfort because those guys, the fan following was, was unbelievable and they were close to my age. My father's, it was enough of a separation in talent. Plus, mind you, my father's real art talent goes far beyond his comic work. I can't paint anywhere near what he did when he was a child. Now, he did a 19-year-old poster, a, a painting, of the Women's Army Corps recruiting poster. He did it when he was 19. I can't come close to it now. He's, he's amazing in all the work that he, nobody knows about. His comic work is great, but his other artwork is better. So I never was attempting to, be his, to compete with him. The guys that were close to my age, I felt pressure to compete with because they were my age. So that was the self-imposed pressure, but not by my father, and I never tried. But it was a great goal. It was a great goal to have. Sure, sure. Do you, uh, do you have any children? I do. I have a 10-year-old son, Vinny. Oh, congratulations. Vinny Boy. Is, does he draw? Is he, is he, he does. He doodles. Uh, but doesn't seem to have a proclivity to be an artist yet. <laughs> so maybe we'll see a... Possibly. <laughs> third. Possibly. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, you have... What was the Ramita household like in the late 60s, early 70s? Did you ever come home to find Stan and half the bullpen in your living room? Occasionally there would be us at the house, but Stan, I only saw at the office. And uh, I get to know him now, and, and he forgets how long I know him because he doesn't think I'm that old. He thinks I'm still a child. <laughs> but uh, I would come home, and, and the Gil Kane would be at the house, or, uh, or Mike Esposito, Frank Giacoya, and guys of that ilk. But the big, the big artists of the time, generally, I'd meet them at the office when I was going up. Uh, so the, the people around the neighborhood, when Spider-Man first became a cult following, knew about Spider-Man, but didn't know anything about the talent of the guys, or the, the largesse of the guys that were drawing it. What, uh, so what can we see from, from you in the future here on the Eternals, obviously? Um, do you have a plan as far as how long that's going to go? Is that a, that's not a mini, though. It is. It's it is a mini. It is mini, mini. The possibility of it going beyond six issues, depending on how busy Neil Gaiman is. And after that, uh, I, w I was told this morning what was in mind, and it's anywhere from a Hulk to a, uh, to a Punisher to getting back on Spider-Man or an FF. There's an, an old Captain America. I've heard Captain America. So there's a pick of a couple of those projects. So when I get close to the end of the Eternals, they'll decide what comes next. That, that was the question. Oh, that was I'm sorry. <laughs> why never? Yeah. Why, why not the Fantastic Four? I actually am halfway through a double-sized issue with Stan that I haven't finished. It's been a year, uh, two years since I finished the first half of it. And then there was some legal problems with Stan and Marvel that delayed it. Then now that that's been cleared up, now they want me to finish the second half of it. It's called FF The End. Oh, really? And I got 24 of the 48 pages done in... Um, 
Scott Hanna is inking it. And wow. I, I've been told as soon as the Eternals is done that I'm going to finish that up. So that was a great question. Great question. Um, Any creator on working here? I'm future? still working on getting the gray area uh, produced. Reggie Hudlin right now is uh, attempting to sell it to a, to a studio. And uh, I'm working on getting some uh, representative representation for the project out of a, a production studio. So we're working. Gray area has been... We've been trying to float it around and see if somebody catches a hole. We've had some interest, and just as is Hollywood's way, it's a very long, arduous process. Uh, but as soon as that, and I'm trying to be confident, as soon as that catches on, I have about five or six creator-owned projects that might be able to catch on um, with Marvel or whomever that will do it. Hopefully, Gray Area will do it, and then I'll be able to throw a couple of those ideas and see what happens. Maybe an icon book? Yeah, it's a possibility. And there's an icon possibility with Mark Miller oh. uh, called Kick-Ass. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the name and that's the working title. Uh, I've been told that I'm going to do it. I don't know how true it is, but uh, I've been told that that's my next creator owned. And I haven't even created it, but he told me I'll be half a, half C's on it. <laughs> All right, well, we started a, a thread on our forum asking for questions for people that we may run into this weekend, and, and uh, one of the most asked questions, or one of the most requested questions we asked you was, um, John, what happened to the mullet, and did you save it? <laughs> Never went out of style. Uh, my wife wants me to grow hair long again, uh, but not, you know, not the 80s style, and I just, I wanted the hair to take away from the size of my nose. So I figured the longer the hair, less people, that's why I have the earrings, I don't have them in there. You know, less attention to the huge broken nose that I have. Uh, I just was a, co a couple of years beyond the style, and uh, no great mistake. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a man, of a creature of habit, and I kept the hair long too long. However, it wasn't always a mullet, it was just very long. And it'll be back. It'll be back. If I won't be able to grow my hair long, it'll be back. Do we, uh... Don't go bald and have the bald. <laughs> don't have the bald. The skullet? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the bald. Okay. Um, anything else? We all good? All right, well... No more insults? You guys have done... No, I'm just, I, You have no idea how hard that was for me to ask you. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's coming back. Well, thank you very much, John. We really appreciate it, and we're all huge fans, so thank nice you so much. Nice talking to you guys. Nice talking to you. Yay, Wizard World Chicago's over. So oh, glad. I don't want to talk about it anymore. My I, calves hurt. Your calves hurt? My calves hurt. <laughs> two? Sleeping on a floor in a hotel room. Oh, I don't see how these guys do it, it for the entire convention schedule. Eh, hey, come on, they don't work for a living. <laughs> they draw and write and... Prance around. And I bet they hardly even post internet forums. Yeah, they don't. Do <laughs> when do they fit that in? <laughs> I tell you, uh, a, a big lesson I learned this last week, and I, you know, never had a problem paying for sketches. But if there are artists out there that you like their work, the what I learned is that the artists that go to these cons and set up an artist alley, those sketches pay their way there. They pay for their pay for their cons, and that is a big part of of them being able to go there. So if you like the artists that are there, if you enjoy their work, commission sketches from them. It, it, sometimes it's $10, sometimes it's 25 or 40 or 
75 or whatever but if you really like those guys commission sketches pay for them that really makes their cons for them hell yes or get, hell even yeah. better give them money and not even ask for a sketch just say here take my ten dollars yeah mm-hmm. go buy yourself a hooker yeah so, if you yeah. want to buy a sketch fine but, I mean, <laughs> well I, you know I, and i think i don't know if we talked about it on the show at any time but jeff darrow Mm-hmm. guy who was doing, you know, what we walk up to his table and meet him and talk to him, real nice guy and, and uh, one of my favorite artists. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'd like to get a sketch from you. And he says, sure. I'm like, well, how much is it? And he said, well, I'm doing it for charity, so I ask, you know, at least a dollar. And I'm just like, really? Just a dollar to for get a Jeff Darrow sketch? sketch? And, yeah. you know, and it was just like, wow, that's that's pretty amazing for him to do that. So I gave him more than a dollar and he gave me a You gave him a 20 spot. I saw it. And, um, <laughs> but a lot of these guys, you know, like you said, I mean, I, I went around and got a few sketches from guys. I mean, that aren't necessarily, you know, well known or they're not wizard top ten guys. Yeah, you know, and, and <laughs> young guns. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, definitely sketches uh, are what these guys are there for. <laughs> the young guns. <laughs> young Tom's guns. all caught up on this young guns thing. Yeah. He loves. The I, young lo- guns. I just love the, fu- the term young guns. Oh, well, okay, we're, we're kind of like young guns of podcast. You know? <laughs> Young guns. There's no man, you know, we've been doing this for elder, like we're, elder, we're like six months. Salty we're, veterans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're long toothed veterans now. Jeff John or uh, not Jeff? Jeff, Jeff what's John? No, not Jeff, Jeff John. John. Jeff what was the other one? The uh, the crusty bastard from DC. Oh, Keith Giffen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> angry crusty old man. Keith Giffenish. Angry old man. I think he was an angry old man in a really funny way, from what you were saying. Oh yeah, he was very funny. Yeah. He's cantankerous. We got to talk, Norton talked to him one of those nights. He was sitting at a table with him Did for a he? while. Yeah, for for a while nice. he was talking to him. Was, we're gonna have to find out what Mike had to say about that. Yeah, he's just he can, Keith was talking about everyone being retarded. Back in my day, uh, what size bus did you ride? They locked they locked <laughs> they locked <laughs> those kids up in <laughs> sanitarium. All right, you you guys. You. Um, is that another show? Yes, it yeah, is. That's another That's one it, in huh? the books. In the can. Uh, I, I would like to mention that uh, we are members <laughs> of the Comics Podcast Network. Proud. C- proud members. Uh, the CPN is a collection of some of the best comic book podcasts on the net. You can learn more about the network and find other great podcasts at comicspodcast.com. Like Comicology, run by Neil Gorman, who, mm-hmm. uh, who we met this the last and weekend. Neil's a great comic book fan, and, mm-hmm. and uh, he does a nice show. So He's not an asshole? Neil, Neil is Gorman. not, not an, an asshole. asshole. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the, the Geek Speak and uh, Comic Book blah, Noise blah, blah. and all oh, those Comics Cast and Club Around. Really, really missed not uh, meeting Chris Marshall from Collected Comics Library. He wasn't able to make it down for Wizard World. Not and, an asshole. And Chris Marshall, not well, an maybe. asshole. Maybe we didn't meet him. I talked to him. He's Could not be an, an asshole. asshole. Yeah. Um, You're kind of an asshole. <laughs> just so everyone is aware, uh, we post the next week's topic on the forum on Tuesdays. I try and do that every Tuesday morning. Uh, please check out uh, aroundcomics.com and the forum at aroundcomics.com. Uh, the forum has we actually had uh, uh, some, as Dustin would say, it's blowing up. It's blowing up. They want us to it's split the, the forum up into <laughs> into different it's off sections. The off so, the hook, man. It's uh, no the. the the forum is going to stay uh, just like it is for a while, and uh, you know we're really enjoying it. So. Although I'm removing all the karma, no yeah. more karma. No more I karma. Find it negative. Uh, I find it to be a negative 
It's only a negative. Only for it's not a, one it's person. Not a positive. There's no positive from it. There's no positive whatsoever. from Carmine. All right. Uh, July August contest we talked about. Write Tom's comic. Yep. The listener LCS challenge. Please do, it. do, do us a solid. Stop being uh, a coward. <laughs> Podcast Alley uh, would love your vote there. iTunes music reviews. I check for it every morning. It write makes one. me so happy when oh. I see it. Why don't ones. you write one? Um, Youbynow.com. Yay. Go buy cool stuff. Yeah. Toys. Yeah. Inspired by a French Chablion. That's a different episode. Sal's doing the drunk Orson Welles. You'll know what we're talking about by the time you hear this. We got anything else? Is that it? That's it. I think that's it, man. We gotta go to the bathroom. We got a show. All right. Everyone, Tom, Sal, Chris, listeners, all the fine people that we interviewed computer and, and talked with and hung out with yeah. and had fun with Jim McCann I, this is Man it. Amongst no, Men this is it we're not I'm, I don't want to hear us thank any more people from Wizard World Chicago I'm sick of it this is it That's we're done it? moratorium no more yeah no more just clean slate well, thank you so, does that mean I can start talking about Greg Rucka again yes you can uh, enough right. enough of Enough of this big Shit. circle jerk about <laughs> Wizard World Chicago alright thank you everyone you're not assholes <laughs> done See you next year. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, have a fantastic week. We'll be back again next Monday with another full-length episode. In the meantime, we'll be everywhere in... And around comics. would like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com, or visit the contact us section of our website. For that, and the latest in comics news and opinions, go to www.aroundcomics.com. Music for the show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next week where the panel will change, but our mission stays the same, bringing you the best in discussion, news, and reviews in and around comics.